Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for July 6th of 2014. I am Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And this week, we really don't have much to talk about. All the GMs. Did wait. All the GMs got through UFA, got through the draft, holiday weekend, they've all shut it down. So not too much news. So up front, just going to warn people. We're going to stick to where our expertise is this week, and we're going to be uh, talking predominantly about the Pittsburgh Penguins, but that's not to say that we won't sidetrack at all. But for the most part, Penguins heavy podcast, so if you want to get out now, <laughs> do so. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Surely by next week we'll have something to talk about. Yeah, I think so. Well, speaking of the Penguins, the only sort of notable news of note is the fact that they didn't file with Sutter. So he's sort of boxed himself into a corner. Sutter didn't file with them, or the league. Well, either either way, well, either person filed. Correct, but it's a lot different in how it works for players and teams. Um, team... If a team files for arbitration, they have to accept the award no matter what it is. And the player, I believe, gets to choose if it's a one- or two-year deal. And if a player files, the, the team can walk away from it. But then he becomes a free agent. Oh, yeah, and then he's got choices. Correct. So with, that, with, with the set of situation being where it is then, where do you think this... Heads, You've, you know, we've heard we've heard that you know they're close to a deal, so they didn't bother. You know, there's also been the thought process that they haven't signed him because they're going to trade him, and then he can go to arbitration with the other team. I think that might be how it works. So, what's your gut feel on the situation in regards to where he sits? Honestly, I have no idea. Oh, good. So I'm not the only one. No, it's interesting that well, by him giving up arbitration, he doesn't have any leverage. Because the Penguins can lowball him at this point in time. He can either sign it or he can hope somebody gives him an offer sheet. But the problem is, who's going to overpay him on an offer sheet knowing um, that they'll have draft pick compensation because he's an RFA? So where's his big money coming from now? The Penguins aren't going to negotiate against themselves here. No, you would you would assume not, particularly with the fact that, you know, like we've, we've mentioned before, they've... They've signed Gokch and, and they've got uh, arbitration with Spalling in regards to filling a fourth-line role. So down the middle, technically, the Penguins are set with or without Sutter. So it's not like he's got this massive bargaining power of you need me to fill your roster out now. And the other thing is his numbers don't add up no, they don't. brilliantly for him to ask for a raise. And that's the problem with the arbitration in this particular situation. Sutter's got nowhere to go with his numbers. They're just not good. It's the negative of him playing with such a poor third line last season. There was no improvement. Well, I think his case with an arbitrator is a lot better than it should be if he did choose to go that route because they don't use advanced stats or anything. They just use yeah, but he's, they use like plus minus and stuff like that. They're still not great numbers either way you look at those though. No, but if you piled on the advanced stats, it would be even worse. Okay, so he comes out of it being not as negative. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right, so if you look at it this way, and 
like you said, you and I both have no idea what they're going to do with him. But if he does get traded, say they trade him, or say someone is silly enough to, to pick him up, where what club do you think would pick him up? It's tough because he's such a average player. Anybody has fits for average players. It's just a matter of trying to pick a team that may overpay for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's not easy because he's a no, it's, vanilla third-line player. So, how many? And we're not saying he's bad. It's just that he's not. He's average. That's the best thing. Is he's just he's average. Like you said, vanilla is the word you like to use for players like that. It's not saying he's terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but he's certainly not a game changer. He's someone that technically shouldn't make many errors in his own zone, and and should be able to make sure he stays, for want of a better term, on the plus side of zero for his, his plus minus. So you, you get there with it and go, you'd hope he's on the ice for more goals than he's not and run with it from there. Yeah, I'm just looking down the teams. Like Maybe the Sharks could use bottom six forward help. They lose, they're lose. they losing Burns to uh, the back end, yeah. To the defense. They bought out Havlet. So... You're right, though. You go down the list and you go, well, what about teams that are struggling, like Buffalo and Florida? No, they don't need it. Calgary and Edmonton. And you, that's exactly right. You just you let that go. There's no point putting money into players like that if you're in their position. So, yeah. It's interesting to see where he ends up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, the Sharks are really the only ones that jump off the page to me. Just because they have a player that, that I'd like. I'm trying to look at it from both both standpoints. And who are you trying to bring back? Um, I've kind of been intrigued by Marlowe. Um, don't know how realistic it is, but you keep hearing his name popping up in discussions. So, you and I have said this before. There's absolutely no sensible, logical reason for them to move Thornton or Marlowe. No, I, I get the whole net narrative thing and all that sort of stuff in regards to the reasons that people pile it on to get rid of them. But if they do that, San Jose might as well pull it down and start again. Yeah, so I they agree. they have to get rid of a few guys. So you, you keep them and, and you go with them or you, you pull it apart and, and go again. And it's not like they get rid of those two guys and they got this young core coming up. I think Pavelski's around 30. <laughs> Torres is older. I have to. That is one of the things you, you hear from some of the the Sharks fans and people that watch the Sharks. It's oh, we've got this young group of guys that can come in and and do what Milo and, and Thornton do, but they're not that young either. Couture like is. Everyone likes. Yeah. Hurdle. But Burns, Blasic, Niemi, if they hold on to it, none of them are really all that young. They're a win now team. They should be looking to win now. Yeah. So, trading away one of those two guys, Thornton or Marlowe, would set them back far more than what you'd get on a return. Because they're blue chippers. They might be older blue chippers, but they're blue chippers. You can't... You, you never win in a trade in that situation. You go sideways or backwards a little bit if you trade a guy like that. Yeah, like James Neal. They, they went sideways at best. Correct. And, and it'll be interesting to see whether that sideways move... Um, helps them structurally in regards to how they play on the ice or, or whether whether they end up just being the same team with the, with the 
different ingredient. Um, but Sutter's not going to be enough to get a guy like Marlowe. That would be my... I uh, thought you were thinking Sutter and Martin. That's what I thought you'd be looking at it through. That would be a base guys. starting point. Yes, it would be. Um, I, I assume they'd probably stray a little bit away from that base, adding small parts on either side. But overall, Sharks get a bottom six guy that's competent, or at least... A lot of people seem He's to competent. think so. He's competent. Um, Paul Martin's pretty kick-ass defenseman, but only one year left, so there's that. But he still holds value. Um, and the Penguins get top six winger that they um, missed out on in free agency with uh, Kuhleman, Hemsky, or uh, Verbata, perhaps. Um, they're going to have to trade for their top six help. Either that or they're going to have to rely on Pascal Dupuis and Bo Bennett, which I guess theoretically they could do, but they're still one injury away from being extremely thin in the top six again. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's, that's that's the issue you've got. You don't want to get there. and Everyone knows that Pascal Dupuis' role should be a third-line center, uh, should be a third-line winger, but you don't want to put him down on that third line um, with a player taking his first line role as a project or anything like that. You want to put someone there that's established. But you know you're going to get 30 goals from or something like that for a full season. So they don't have to fix this now. They just have to know that when they get to the playoffs that they have a top six group up there that doesn't include Pascal Dupuis and it's not because Dupuis is bad it just means that they've found an option that's better and Dupuis then fills out the depth of the, of the list by going down to the slot that he really fits in quite well. And even if they do get whatever top six winger if they do make a trade yeah. Bo Bennett's injury past is still suspect so how much can you count on him I, I look to him to kind of play that UC Jokinen role, hopefully. Yep. I, I think he's a cerebral player, much like Jokinen, and they both have really good hands, perhaps not the most fleet of foot, but they're headsy players with great hands and uh, can make plays with the puck. So as long as Bo can find the same soft spots that Jokinen did, if he's healthy, I think he could be a very good top six player. I, I think he'll be fine in the top six if he's healthy. He needs to get... 70 games in for me to feel even safe that he's going to be able to stay on the ice. So I don't know how long that surgery is going to keep him out for. I can't remember. But um, he won't be right for the start of the season. So that's the, the hard thing about it. it. Say they don't acquire a new winger. I, I would rather see Bo Bennett in the top spot with Sid than Dupuis, to be honest, at least yeah, to start. I think, we, I think we both know that it's not going to happen. That's all. Yeah, well, they can do what they want, but I would put I would put the young guy there to test him out, see what happens, see what the ceiling is, try to find out more as opposed to delaying finding out about these players because you got them cheap yeah. right now. You're going to get top-line production Easily. potentially on the cheap. That's great. Yeah. Just, just curious. The Penguins have been up the top of the Eastern Conference for the last few years, right? They've cleared 100 points or prorated 100 points 
Yeah, they've been up there. It's not always meant a division title, but they're... No, that's the thing. I'm sort of sitting there thinking about it. I'm going, I know it's the divisional format now more so than conference format in regards to the playoffs and stuff like that. But is it ultra important for this team to go in at the top of the division? Or is it just make sure they've got the right team playing well at the right time of the year at the end of the year? And I'm thinking that in regards to new coach, new system's got to get worked out. Coach has got to work out who he wants to play and how they want to play where. It wouldn't bother me at all if the Penguins came in to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, you know, fifth or sixth in the, in the conference and third or fourth in the division. That wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Because home ice hasn't meant anything, really. No, but the way the playoffs work now, it's a little trickier. Yeah. You get guaranteed three spots from your division potentially a fourth but if um the other team's fifth team is better than your fourth then they get five spots you only get three so, so you just got to make sure you're at least fourth best i don't so you just got to make sure you're the fourth best in the in the conference they're gonna be a good team i don't i don't think they're in any harm's way of missing out on the playoffs i think they'll have no, a good no, regular season to be quite honest with you it's, it's one of those things though where I get there and there are times where it feels like the last couple of years the Penguins have been about have to win every game, every game, you have to win every game. And it's like, I wonder whether there needs to be a situation where the, they need to work out things in regards to losing a few games because they've tried different things to see what does work, what doesn't work with this roster. It's 82 games. I mean, they only have to win. They only have to win what they have to win. 40, and they'd, they'd definitely make it in? Some more. Probably so, a little bit higher, but depending on how many overtime losses you're talking about. Well, just looking at the wins now, Detroit got in with 39 wins and 15 overtime losses. Yeah, see, so that's the what Penguins won about, 40. Huh? Yeah. The Penguins won 40. They should be okay. Because they'd win, they'd win in OT and in shootouts basically because of Fleury. It's the one thing that he's extremely good at. He's great at that. I'll never take that from him. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic and fun to watch. Yeah, it does help, doesn't it? Better than the freaking World Cup ones, I tell you. Now, um, go ahead. No, 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 you, you were going to say? I said um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think... I think they'll do fine in the regular season. I think uh, Johnston has already mentioned that his focus from training camp on is for the playoffs, but I don't think it's in the same kind of wavelength like you were saying with the past regime. Yeah. We got to win every game, this, that. No, I think he's going to find out about his players, uh, kind of like how we've always been yearning for them to do that the last few years, most famously Simone Dupre, who they still don't yeah. know enough about. But that's because Dan Bilesma tried to win at all costs every single game. Even though, in my opinion, <laughs> his strategy was poor to even do that. He was playing worse players just because they were older. They played the style of hockey he liked. We've gone over that in, 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 heaps of, in a heap of sense. In that he just... What he thought was important compared to what you know most of us that watched the Penguins pretty tightly was in, was important for the regular season. Were two different walks of life. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you knew what you had with that team, and he was out there to win every game at every cost, rather than trying to work out, understand what he didn't know. And, and that was the thing that, you know, you got injuries, you look what happens. Yeah, you get a or pick Skidari pairing. <laughs> Not anymore. No. God bless the Capitals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. There's actually a, so, yeah. a great stat on Orpik. Not him specifically, but uh, from the Washington Post and uh, yeah. Neil Greenberg. And uh, only 15 D-men in the past two decades have played five seasons of 40-plus games from the ages of 34 to 38, which is the same age range as Orpik's contract. Wow. So, do, do these general managers that throw out these contracts just not care about that sort of stuff? They're, maybe they're not privy to the information. Maybe the people surrounding them are providing this kind of information. I don't know. I have no idea how you could go into a big decision, big money, with, if you had that information in front of you and still say, wow, this is a good idea. Because let's be honest, say Orpik was a great defenseman. These stats say that great defenseman's still not going to be on the ice. No, that's that's what I mean. It's one of those things where you sit there and you look at it and you go, you know, Chris Chalios is a freak. Yeah. Not everyone can play beyond like he did. And it, it's almost people see that and go, oh, well, this player can do that. This player can do that. It's like Chelios barely had injuries through his career. You know, Orpik's gone through two hernia operations. Um, he's a physical player. He's just not going to survive physically the way he. And if they want him to play a different style, as Penguins fans, we've got to we've got to see it. It goes badly when he has to try and play differently. You know, they might look at the time he's missing as a positive by the end of it all. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, the cap hit's always going to be there, but <laughs> it might get to the point where, you know, you don't root for players to be hurt, but when you see a improvement in the lineup, you're just like, eh, well, you know, make sure you're completely healthy before you get back. Yes, we've seen that happen before. So, yeah, I don't know, it's it's tough. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know. We both don't know why they made the trade to begin with. So, of the signing to begin with, the Penguins were always looking at getting rid of him. So that's the capital choice, I suppose. Yeah. Now, one of my uh, players that I like to talk positively about, even though that I do understand his impact on the overall hockey game is, is not – Super intense, but uh, the Penguins lost Brian Gibbons. Brian Gibbons' era <laughs> is over. The era is over. It is. One, one year. <laughs> uh, hey, good pickup by Columbus. I think you think so. About, you, you think about what they, they need and in, in the way they played. Like Obviously, as Penguins fans, we got to see them pretty closely in the playoffs. Um, smart pickup. Yeah, it's a good get. Versatility. Now, I would slot him fourth line left wing with a lot of penalty killing time because I think that 
yeah. he does a tremendous job at it. Um, he's quick enough to get in shooting lanes. So while his block shot totals aren't high, it's because the he's in the lane so quick that the defensemen aren't taking the chance of shooting it through him because he's already there, and they defer to yeah. the side. So he's actually doing a better job than the so-called shot blockers because he's so fast to get in the lanes themselves, and he forces them to not take their number one option. Keeps it on the perimeter Just... pretty much, so... What you want. And Every goalie wants to puck on the perimeter. He explodes with his speed. So any chip out of the zone, those defensemen have to think, am I going to get beat by this little guy and get toasted? Because he showcased that against the Blue Jackets before he got hurt in that game. He scored two goals in like five minutes. Yeah. Um, hey, that's, that's just the thing. He's got the skills to be... Um, be productive in the NHL. Not at a high volume of points and stuff like that, but certainly fills a role. You can be offense can often be your best defense, and the fact that he's got that potential to blow by you uh, when he's on the penalty kill, like you said, scares some defenders. Yeah, and and that translates to his even strength play as well, because he's one of the league leaders in the NHL at drawing penalties. His speed gets the better players on his team on the ice with a man advantage. That's a great thing. That's we're after. Yeah. Um, if you, you get a little bit of injury trouble within a game, say it's not even, you know, on an off day, someone gets hurt during the game, he can move up and down the lineup in pinches. Yeah, you don't want him there for a long time, but uh, you got to drop up, put him on the first line. He can hang there for a little bit. He's not going to embarrass himself. No, that's, they're looking. That's the thing. It's why you know you and I quite like the the signing for Columbus. They they seem to have done quite a lot of things quite well. Um, you know, since they got knocked out of the, the first round with the Penguins, so they're they're looking good. I like what I see. And Columbus, they'll they'll have all that nice kind of flexibility with him in the lineup. I would assume in the yeah. lineup, he's on a two way deal. Believe it or not. Oh, I can believe that, though. Well, I, I, I suppose. I don't know why the Penguins wouldn't want him on a two-way deal. Uh, they're obviously... You have the option to stash that... him in Wilkes-Barre if you really don't want him. He's a great guy for an AHL team. I don't think that's debatable. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I don't know. It's just It seems like the... It's almost like the Penguins soured on him. And, you know, for some unknown reason, I can't work out why that's the case, but... Considering the performance that he put in through the playoffs, I thought he was good for the team. Well, there is always the dynamic that he was an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he didn't want to come back. And that's highly likely. Which is too bad, but... I mean, that's that's the thing. Sometimes as fans, you kind of forget that, you know, maybe the, the, the player just doesn't like the city, doesn't like the team. So why on earth would you stay? If you're, an, if you're an unrestricted free agent, leave. Put yourself in the situation you want to be in. I'm actually a little bit surprised he didn't get a one-way deal somewhere. Yeah, but is it just a one-year deal as well? Yep. Yep. So do this, do well. They'll have to sign him onto a, a one-way deal after that. Yeah, I think, I think he'll. I think he'll earn it. I think he's a productive NHL player in a small role, which is great. A good value. You need those guys. 
the productive ones, I should say. Yeah. So. so is there anything else around the league that sort of caught your eye with signings or lack thereof activity or? Um, I guess lack of activity on some, on at least one of the Penguins UFAs. I, I thought at least Stempniak would have a have a home. Yeah, actually, you're right. I'm surprised that he hasn't managed to lob somewhere. So I wonder what's going on there. He won't have any shortage of people interested at the right price, though. He's he's a solid NHL guy that can do a few things that are good. Nothing really too great, but uh, you get him in a third-line role um, with some help on the line there, two good teammates on that line. He's... He'll do a good job for you and probably won't break the bank for you to get that. And won't cause a lot of errors either. No, I thought he was pretty good. I, I, I didn't quite – it wasn't ideal to have him on Crosby's line, but he had to be there because they were so thin. That's the thing. Some of the criticism for him was basically because the roster wasn't deep enough. Yeah, we had it's not his fault. players all over the place <laughs> playing outside of their intended roles. Um, the versatility stuff's nice, but specific players are always going to have their niche that they really excel at or, or yeah. excel for them. Whereas they can do these other things, but it's not going to be as good as where you would ideally want to place them. So... That's the thing that's sort of forgotten about sometimes. The spot the spot fill for the role is what you want. You know, really, you want Pascal Dupuy to just spot fill on that top line. But over the last couple of years, he's had to be that guy. So, you know, that's not Pascal's fault. Nope. I know who we missed. I don't think who? we've touched on Steve Downey. Oh, no, we have not either. What's an interesting signing? Yeah, it's a good signing. Good signing. Um, cheap, one year. Uh, they have all the leverage in this. Um, they supposedly have a coach on board in Rick Tockett that has a very positive relationship with him. Uh, he played his best hockey under Tockett, although I'm a little leery about all that. He played his best hockey under Tockett because whether... You can argue Tockett was foolish enough to put him with Stamkos and St. Louis. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people would do okay in that role. Um, well, so I don't know how much of it is, oh, he got the most out of him. He's a great coach. Or, man, this guy was crazy. He put him with Stamkos and St. Louis. And it worked. Yeah. And the thing is, though, he's going into an environment on the, on the ice. It's exactly the same. You could play with Crosby and Malkin, or Crosby or Malkin. Uh, he, it's not like he's going into a situation there that would be unfamiliar to that Tampa spot. No, but I, the, the Penguins can't want him. The, no. No, I, I agree with what you're trying to not say there. I totally agree. No, he's, but he's third line, me. fourth line guy. If if they're going to be a cup contender, he he is not playing with those two, and. Oh. You know, I hear, and he was singing his own praises, I stick up for teammates, this, this, that. And certainly he tries under what his perception is of that, but I, I don't buy the whole 
prevention thing anymore, to be honest with you. So I think um, Sean Thornton did not protect Mark Savard, Patrice Bergeron when he got lit up, Louis Erickson. He didn't prevent anything, his big-name players. They all got dummied up. It's a bit of a myth, isn't it? Right or wrong, I mean, he's on the roster this whole time. What did he do to prevent any of that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They'll eventually end up out of the game. We both know that. It'll just take some teams longer than others, and and certain players will be able to take advantage of of that lack of moving forward with with the game. That's all. It'll happen. So, I think he'll... I think there's more to him as a player than that. So I think he can be an effective player and help the team. But he doesn't need to get caught up in that other stuff. That's the risk you run when you've got a guy like him. Quite frankly, I think a lot of the the reason Crosby and Malkin get the business a lot is because of their body language and how they handle it. Yeah, they've got to be better. That's a really good point. They invite people to come at them knowing the, how much it pisses them off. You don't see guys taking these runs at Zetterberg and Datsuk, really. Who's who's no, protecting no. them on that team? Themselves, in reality, because of the way they uh, act. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Who on Detroit yeah, exactly is playing right. this tough guy, protect the stars role? They don't, they don't need it because as the players themselves, like you said, they don't react or act, and they get the benefit of that. And they just play. They just skate away. Yep. The other pests get bored messing with players that don't give them a reaction, and they move on. So I think the biggest thing moving forward is Sid and Gino chilling out a little bit, not showing how under the skin a guy like Brandon Dubinsky can get you. How do you change that in a player, though? Both Sid and Gino are emotional players in different ways, if you know what I mean. You can be emotional um, and driven. Taves certainly is. I don't see I, him kind of... Uh... The question is, though, how do you get those guys that have... Crosby's done a great job of fixing holes in his game that he's thought of needed to be changed, right? He's done a great job of that through his, his career so far. This is more a personality flaw than a technical issue. So it'll be interesting to see if he can identify it and then do something about it, or if it's just the same old, same old. Because yeah. he can't be perfect at everything. He can't, you know, he can't fix everything. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes about trying to change that aspect of his game, if he even thinks he needs to. Yeah, be interesting. Um, it'll... Yeah, it's pretty much all I had to say about that kind of enforcer prevention thing. Some people yeah, disagree with me, but I don't know. That's how I see it. Hey, look, if he has to come in and, and next year Crosby doesn't get whacked at all, you can go, all right, it was the downing effect. I'm happy to say that, but um, I'm yet to be proven wrong on that. <laughs> I can't see that being the case. I hope it happens for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't care how. It would be nice to yep. see him get a little bit more free space. Obviously, he's one of the best, if not the best. More free space would mean more exciting plays, more fun to watch. 
I think a lot of Crosby's best stuff, though, happens when he's not in free space. His working tight and in close is what makes him so good. Well, the reason he's the best is because it doesn't matter where he is. He's good at making plays. But him at full flight is... Yes, yeah, I get your argument. A different animal. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> trying to think. Anything else on this? I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's anything else on this very, very slow podcast. To be honest, I think we've pretty much covered everything off. To be honest, guys, we almost didn't even have this. We sat there and we talked about it, and we went, "Oh, we should. We'd like to have one every week." So we decided we'd do this. Um, what I will say is we want to um, have a, um, a question hashtag. So if you guys ever have any questions and stuff you want to um, you want to have us cover off on the podcast or anything like that, so it's just going to be um, it'll be hashtag hhask, um, and that way just pop that in the hashtag and and I'll follow the tag and then we'll um, we'll answer the questions each week as we go through. So hopefully over the next few weeks you guys will have some questions because. I think the next few weeks things are going to be pretty quiet so it'd be great if, if some of you guys could, could help us out with some ideas and um and that way we can discuss them and, and and get the ideas out there yes that would be much appreciated and there'll be more stories coming up i think the holiday weekend took a lot of uh steam out of what had been going on so we'll, we'll see how much stuff actually uh happens moving forward so arbitration hearings they'll be scattered around pk suban's got one of those so that'll be a topic all in itself yes it will <laughs> so that'll be a really interesting one because montreal blew it they should have signed him long term but they wanted to cheap out on a bridge deal and during his bridge deal he won a norris trophy and was their dynamic force in getting him to the conference finals so time to pay up that's the problem you've got, isn't it? It's it's timing and luck. It's like you were saying about Kane and Taves and, and Crosby and Malcolm in regards to bridge deal, no bridge deal, where you pay the money, where you don't pay the money. Mm-hmm. So you can't do much about it. It's just timing and luck. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have thought that Subban was going to go out there and win a Norris. Now he followed it up with what maybe could have been considered a better year. Yeah. So... Oh, trust me, I'm not crying for Montreal, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, there is good news, though. Yeah? Our, our listenership, uh, thankfully, is, is going trending up. Uh, While she here had to get some more bandwidth. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you keep going. That's great. I just have to keep increasing the bandwidth. That's all right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so thanks very much, guys, for, for listening and getting others to listen as well. Um, it's great. So... The more activity we get, the, the more width of band I have to co- I have to collect. So, good problem. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but you can you've obviously found us here at the podcast. But you can find me um, on Twitter at Gunner Stahl. You can find Hockey Hertz at Hockey underscore Hertz, and uh, Cameron. Uh, well, she's sixty six. And um, I've also got the online training uh, at coachcw.com. So I can do all your training programming and, and uh, even do some video conferencing for training sessions and things along those lines. So go over there and have a look at that. And find me for Penguins articles at Hockey Buzz.
com. So that's where you can find us during the week. And um, hopefully we got a lot more than the Penguins to talk about next week so that we enjoy talking about the whole league. But when there's no news, give us, we got to lean on our crutch. And for us, that's yeah, the Penguins. Like, give us some questions, guys, because the next month will be a bit quiet, I reckon. So, all right, cool. We'll see you next time. See you, guys.